0: Welcome to the X-Block. Am I right, Marine? Sir, yes, sir! Then listen up. You're listening to the X-Block. I'm Jaron. and he's Caleb. Let's get into it. You are listening to the X-Block, episode 11. I'm your host, Jaron, and I'm here with Caleb, and this... Is the world's number one Xbox podcast? Probably. There we go. We're back on I our. Didn't switch probably. it up that time.
1: Yeah, and switch it up. You, <laughs> th- the OG. you thought I would? Nope. We're back. It's all the episode eleven. It's basically episode one again.
0: Yeah, dude. Episode eleven. Just two ones. That's what you told me earlier.
1: Yeah, I actually did say that in the pre-recording. Which I don't know what Jaron's gonna do with all that, but it was certainly something. <laughs> so Caleb, oh.
0: what have you been playing this week? You told me you got something to talk about.
1: Yeah, dude. I, and no one, no one's going to care, but I do have something to talk about, Jaren. I, as people know, I've been in a kick where I've just been going back to old games, you know, and rolling through and and getting achievements that I missed and like completing them, like older titles that I hadn't completed when I played them at the time. So I finished Crisis 3, right? Grinded all that shit, beat the game again, got all the upgrades, uh, maxed those upgrades out with like doing different challenges and beat Crisis 3, got all the achievements. And I was like, what do I want to play next? And I kind of had a hankering, Jaren. I had a hankering to play Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. You've played Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, right, Jim? No. Okay, you're a huge Dragon Ball fan, right? Yes. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not at all. Stop lying. Yeah, I, so I, I love Dragon Ball, and the Dragon Ball Xenoverse games are like these 3D fighters uh, with, you know, all a bunch of Dragon Ball Z characters. And the big thing is you kind of create your own character, and it has some RPG ish elements and things, and you rank up and level up, and you get to put your skill points in various things. Anywho. Been playing Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Came out in like, I don't know, 2015, some shit like that. Great year. Uh, the newer 3D fighters, like Dragon Ball uh, Z Kakarot, but I, I don't care about that game. I've seen it played through. I'm not interested. Uh, Xenoverse 2, though, I looked at the achievements, and man, there are some hard achievements I didn't get in that game. And one of them is in the extra story, You have to, which is the DLC story. You have to go through and beat it with, like, every character as your partner. and Like, every mission with, like, a bunch of characters. It takes forever. Anyhow, dude, I was going through. I was doing it. And those of you who aren't Dragon Ball Z fans out there, first of all, fuck you. Uh, Second of all, those of you who are Dragon Ball Z fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like me. There's a mission, man, with uh, you have to fight Goku, like, Ultra Instinct Goku. And it's the hardest shit, like, I've ever done. It's so fucking crazy. So you, you choose Goku as your partner. You go into this mission. You fight Goku, okay? Imagine you, you, you're you fighting Goku, the AI, you know, an expert, like the hardest fucking difficulties, kicking your ass, and he starts off in his base form, and like you each have five health bars or whatever. So you're fighting, and then you get his health down a bit, and then Goku, uh, you, or, or something happens, basically you get all your health back, and it's sweet. You're like, sweet, I got all my health back from this plot point, and then you keep fighting, and then he's like, well, I better turn it up a notch. And then he gets all his health back and transforms into a Super Saiyan Blue. Am I right? Like, Jaren, you know what that is. It's crazy.
0: I've had my eyes closed this whole time because like, you told me to imagine. So I've, I'm <laughs> picturing it in my mind. Dude, it's,
1: he starts kicking your ass again, Jaren. On expert. He's so, super hard. You don't get your health back at that point. And then he's, you kick it. You have to get his health down a bit. You get it, and you remember, you just got your health back that once in the beginning. And then he's like, nah, fuck you. And he turns into Ultra Instinct, dude. He goes Ultra Instinct. And he, it's so fucking hard i i fought him for like six hours dude like over and over again trying to beat this one mission i finally did it and i was like yes because it, i was one hit away i was one hit away from dying and so was he and my my super meter was down all this shit i couldn't use my key and it was crazy and i recorded it i recorded me beating Instinct Goku. and then I like I went and woke up my girlfriend in our room and I was like Harper I beat Goku and she was like it's four in the morning what are you doing I'm like I beat him he got beat it's done it's over and so yeah I've been doing that and I I beat Goku and then it turns out Jaren you know what they put in the game since I played it I think what they put in a fucking it's like a card game Mm. it's and it's pretty intricate there's like this thing called the hero Coliseum you go there and there's like 500 something figures with like different rarity it's pretty intricate and there's all these these items that you can equip like uh, there's three item slots and there's stats and there's this and you have like the it's a card game in the game and y- there's an achievement to beat all the story missions in the card game which they've added more since i fucking played it so there's like of course i don't know 50 or some shit and it gets really hard and it's actually super fun though and i hate that i like it cuz i i wouldn't have normally liked something like that but I from from doing all those other missions and things, I had so much of the currency that you use to buy card packs, essentially, that I actually have a really good deck that I've set up and I'm I'm it's super addicting, actually. And I hate it. I hate that I'm addicted to it. And that's everything I've been playing. Dragon Ball Z Universe Two, super hype.
0: Wait, I got a question. What's up, man? So do you have to beat Ultra Goku thing? Ultra instinct Goku. That. He kicks your ass, dude. Do you He's have an to asshole. beat him? like a bunch of times because you have to use a different companion each time?
1: That's a good question. No, because the thing that triggers him, he's like a special kind of like hidden event where if you beat him in there, then you unlock Mm. him to use in like the other, some of these like character missions where you can play as characters. So if you play that mission, and basically you don't actually play as all these different characters, you have to choose each one as your partner, but that was just harder to explain, took longer. Mm -hmm. But you choose Goku as your partner on this one particular mission, which is like the last mission, super ultra get fucked extra hard mode. And then it gets even harder because they may, he turns ultra instinct in the middle of it and you're like, my fucking God. And then he starts kicking your ass and
0: Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Okay. I understand. Uh, now. Yeah, but
1: that's, that's everything I've been playing. That's a lot this week, bit of a rambling thing, but I, I haven't been as addicted to something as much as that Dragon Balls Universe 2 fucking Hero Coliseum card game in that game. I haven't been that like addicted to something in gaming in quite a while. Probably since I beat Yu-Gi-Oh Legacy of the Duelist again. Uh, when they released Yu-Gi-Oh Legacy of the Duelist Linked Evolution. I just I guess I have something for card games here.
0: Mm. Is your new fishing? So when,
1: Shut up. So when I go back to The <laughs> Witcher 3 one day, uh, I never got all those Gwent achievements. I guess I'll just jump into Gwent and get super addicted to that too, you know?
0: I don't know. Something mm, about Gwen's card good. games. Gwen's man. good.
1: Yeah, it's just it's good, but it's it's not that you play it with you know a bunch of Dragon Ball Z characters, so it's not quite as hype. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I'm having a good time, and I'm gonna actually try to get all the achievements, even though that's really stupid. And Dragon Ball Z Universe 2 have three left. But they require me to replay the game, I think, once and some other shit, so we'll see. What about you, Jaren? What have you been playing? I've hogged a lot of the time.
0: Oh, dude, I'm taking as much time as you, so get ready. Oh, God. All right. It's going to be a long one in the intro this week. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: I saw you started that. Game is great so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was 10 hours in when I saw the title screen. Okay. Uh, So typical last couple Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Ever since Assassin's Creed 3. I was having a blast doing that. As I'm coming in, after I've seen the title screen, like we're going to England. I don't think that's a spoiler because it's in all the trailers. But we go to England and we're passing and you see all these crosses hung up on the wall. And this guy's like, the guy that's in the boat with you is like, yo, what are those? And your guy's like, I believe that's their religious symbols. Oh, or they're Vikings. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the opposite way. Like your guy says, What are those? And then the other guy explains it to you. Mm-hmm. And then your guy's like, So they worship the thing that their man was nailed to? <laughs> You're that like, killed well, him? And he's like, Ah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, that. And then he's like, That's like if we worship the wolf that bit Odin. <laughs> that's kind of an interesting <laughs> way
1: to put it, I guess. <laughs>
0: and i was like it's all right interesting writing from the boys i'm, a, over I'm already in on this i'm like i'm in on this game even more now than i was the first 10 hours
1: all right and so you're 10 hours in man and then they put up the title screen that's
0: yeah it was about crazy. that but that's also because i went around and did every single thing i could do in the first opening area
1: yeah i think there's an achievement for that and if i'm wrong it's like jaron and i play it that way anyway assassin's creed
0: yeah so. and then i also played a little bit of death stranding oh dude with the streaming no.
1: Oh, how, how'd you play
0: it then? I uh, played it on my uh, brand new PC.
1: Dude, you got a new PC?
0: There we go. Dude, I mean, it was all <laughs> thanks to all those thousands of people over on Patreon. Oh, yes, for sure.
1: <laughs> 100%. <laughs> that's what it was.
0: <laughs> it had nothing to do with my birthday and my parents paying a $1,000 of it.
1: Dude, that's super sweet, dude. Brand new fucking PC. Where are you set up at in your room?
0: Yeah, I'm set up in my room with the PC plugged straight into the fifty-five inch OLED.
1: Hell yeah, man. That's a good time. That's exciting. Good for you. We gotta so it won't take as long for you to edit these, huh?
0: Not as long. Just just I mean, the just long, the start.
1: It'll be it'll be much better. I'm happy for you. That's cool. You never told me that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was saving so you, it for the podcast. So you
1: played Death Stranding on PC. How was that?
0: Uh I only played the first hour of it, but that game's fucking weird. Yeah, I know it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, it's it's really weird. I know everyone's telling me that I need to use all the online features and all that kind of stuff, but... uh,
1: Oh, or like people leave you things. I'm just going to
0: say that I'm not making any claims. I'm not saying I did anything. I'm just saying my version doesn't have online and uh, PC people will know what that means.
1: Okay, I... I don't know what that means, but... Oh, I think I know what you mean.
0: I know what you're saying now. Okay. <laughs> all right, Jaren. <laughs> and now, we might as well move into Outside the Box.
1: I'm thinking now. Outside
0: the Box. Where we cover all the news you need to know outside the Xbox community. All right, Caleb, and we are starting off with a mammoth of an Outside the Box. So we're going to okay, kind of break mammoth. it down into like nice, digestible, less in-depth I guess explanation, and we're talking about Epic versus Apple week one because there's gonna be three weeks of this. Uh. (laughs) So get ready for the next three episodes, everybody.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I get to read through all this legal shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and how do you think this trial started? Did you hear about how this trial started, Caleb?
1: How this trial started wasn't it that uh, Apple didn't want something to do with Epic Games or some storefront on their store bullshit?
0: Yeah, so we're not even gonna get into that. I feel like we've people have beat that to death. Everybody knows that uh epic took the ability to buy microtransactions for fortnite out of the apple store and put it in their own separate website and then apple kicked them from the store and then they sued them
1: yeah i don't care about fortnite or the iphone or the everything the apple games and all that that's so i don't really know a ton about it because i don't care
0: in the real trial though they forgot to mute all the people watching because it's a zoom trial oh and all of the children started screaming "Free Fortnite" at the very beginning <laughs> of the trial. Fucking, oh, that's so great! What a good time! <laughs> but the more interesting thing for us here at the X Block is all of the things that have come out of the trial.
1: Yes, this is what the gaming news uh, industry and media has been focused on because they find they find it way more interesting than the trial because it is.
0: Yeah, because essentially everything that's happened is just leak after leak after leak because they have to provide emails to prove things and then everybody reports on these
1: they like subpoena documents or some shit i assume yeah and, and so they bring them up as evidence and other things and it's it's brought a lot of in- interesting information to light
0: yeah and one of those most interesting things is that sony is the only platform holder that charges for crossplay.
1: and so what were these documents and what what what's the story here
0: so there's a bunch of leaked emails between sony and epic where they're discussing how this is all going to work. And one of my favorite quotes from that is, so a redacted document entered into evidence on Wednesday showed an email between Tim Sweeney and PlayStation executive Phil Rosenberg. And in this email, Sweeney says, Sony's interoperability restrictions have put both our companies in an unattainable position adversarial to our consumers or customers many Fortnite players are kids and their friendships are being torn apart by sony's segregation of players (laughs) on competing platforms frankly we don't believe sony's position is even legal
1: what the fuck that's so severe
0: (laughs) and wow dude i sent you emails earlier this week that came out about sony and uh my and uh epic where they essentially epic seems to just kind of be like we're the biggest dick on your block and uh you better listen to us or your consumers are going to be pissed off and then somehow the way that they got them to consent to that is that sony seems to get like some percentage of digital revenue that's like divided it's like real weird technical stuff that i don't quite understand but sony is the only one who gets this and they get essentially money from epic because they agreed to cross-play.
1: Yeah, it's, it says, uh, according to Sweeney, it says, quote, In certain circumstances, Epic will have to pay additional revenue to Sony, And quote. Uh, quote, if somebody were primarily playing on PlayStation but playing on iPhone, then this might trigger compensation, And quote. Uh, I don't know how it works. I think there's some sort of, a, uh, like, actual policy in there for cross, cross-platform revenue bullshit.
0: Yeah, but- it's like a backup clause that if Sony lost a customer that would have bought things through their store, that they now get, like, some incentive... Portion of the money from other stores revenue
1: yeah and the, the point is that yeah, sony is the only one who's doing this which is a great job guys great look the evil corporation giant fucking conglomerate <laughs> microsoft isn't doing anything like that but you are great
0: yeah it's a, it was a real great look for sony basically this whole week it was just like hey Remember that company you invested in and gave them a bunch of their money? Now they're just going to roast you in open court for a good hour.
1: (laughs) They have like a certain percentage stake, uh, Sony does, in in Epic, but we assume because of maybe interest in the Unreal Engine, which Epic owns and and these types of things. And. Sony just invested recently. I think we read out like another two hundred million dollars in in uh Epic, and this Epic's just going into court, dropping all these fucking bombs. Like, yeah,
0: Sony fucking sucks. By the way, <laughs> this is why you buy the horse and you don't borrow <laughs> <The cow>. it. <laughs> why you buy it? You don't borrow it. Exactly. Next up, we're just gonna go through this one quick because we don't even know if it's ever gonna happen. But essentially, in twenty nineteen, Walmart had been developing a cloud gaming service. And they pitched it to Epic.
1: Yeah, by the way, these are all stuff, this is stuff revealed in the trial still. Like, we're still going, we're going to go through a list of these things.
0: That's why there's going to be some Xbox news in here, because it made more sense to not put it in the X block, but to put it with everywhere where it came from.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fine.
0: So, yeah, essentially this is an easy one. Walmart came up with a cloud gaming service. The Epic people who played it seemed to be really high on it. There's a quote where he says, it's more comfortable than playing on a nintendo switch and he and then he says it was vastly superior to playing it on my daughter's surface pro laptop and he's talking about their like their weird controller where all they did was put like a stand on the back of an xbox controller <laughs> and i don't know how that's revolutionary but you know whatever walmart
1: yeah whatever this guy says um yeah the email thread from 2019 and uh This is from IGN, Matt Perslow wrote this, he said, uh, quote, the service known as Project Storm uh, was designed to be an, quote, open ecosystem, in quote, that allowed users to stream from the cloud or download games to a Windows PC and play locally. And they had documents attached and a diagram, and basically what the point is of this is that, yeah, it confirms that um, Walmart, of everyone, was working on some sort of fucking cloud gaming service or platform or whatever, and uh, documents attached to the email thread show that Walmart had paid... There had been pitching the system to publishers such as Epic and was planned to support for third-party launchers such as Steam, Uplay, Epic Game Store, Origin, Battle.net, and the Bethesda launcher. Um, I don't really know why Walmart was trying to work on this or how that would have been implemented well. I'm not super intimate with the implementation of cloud services and things like that that aren't, you know, xCloud and that type of stuff. Good for uh, Walmart. I don't know if they're still doing this, but... Yeah, because all the
0: documents are from 2019.
1: Yeah, and it's now 2021, clearly, and it's like, I, I don't... I don't know how this would all work, but I don't see the place for it personally. Like, I don't think it's necessary, or why Walmart would be the one competing in a cloud gaming sphere with the likes of perhaps Sony or Microsoft or uh, Amazon, even.
0: Well, especially when Google failed because they didn't have their own games and they had to rely on other people. That's that's like why yeah. it didn't work out for them, and that's yeah. why Xbox and Sony should theoretically do better.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird that Am- that uh, Walmart's trying to get in on that. Uh, I wish them luck. I don't think it's necessary or that it would work out, but maybe they have some sort of plan. This guy says it's great. I don't know if I believe him, but, you know, he says that.
0: This next one, we're just going to read uh, the headline. So, it's basically news you can find anywhere. Microsoft says it has never made a profit from the sale of an Xbox console. And this is kind of something that the games industry has basically stated as fact for the last, I don't know, 10 Th- years. That thir- No, like 30, 20. Yeah, 30 years, 20 years. It's well
1: known, that in, the, in, it's well known in the video games industry that the platform or the manufacturers do not make profit on hardware At the least they like break even and typically the more and that's why PlayStation 3 was having problems in that era because the more consoles you sell at a loss the more money you lose so it's actually an interesting conundrum the, the where they make their money back is software on, and games sold on their store and things like that. So everyone's known that, you know, you sell consoles at a loss and then you you get them on
0: the, on the back end
1: with software. But now we just have court documents where Microsoft's like, yup.
0: Yeah, Microsoft stated it, which is funny because earlier today, Apple didn't like that the Microsoft, like, I guess when they testified, this person that testified had given all this information, but not really provided any facts. And it's funny because they stated stuff that like the game industry just knows as a whole. And somehow Apple seems to have been blindsided by it because I guess they don't sell their phones at a loss and they like take all your money and then oh, take yeah. your money again. <laughs> so they they have like they put out a statement essentially where they were like questioning a lot of the witnesses claims being like, why would a company continue to make something if they didn't make any profit on it? And it's like it's like Apple has no concept of how the video game yeah, industry works as a whole.
1: It, that's one of the big reasons, by the way, that that it's hard, very hard to break into the video games industry. Because not only is your you do you have to make a competing console and then also get people on board, you then sell them at a loss and then the more you sell, the more you're losing and then you have to make people make their money like I said on the back end with subscription services and software like xbox Live gold and uh game sales and you know peripherals and other things like that so it's really hard to break into the gaming industry because you know you you it's almost impossible to sell a large number of consoles to a player base at, at a profit because it has to be so much more expensive than your competitors on the market. So it's a whole thing.
0: Yep. And the next thing, another thing that we've kind of known for a while, but in like a more sh- I guess short term span, Microsoft's head of gaming was seemingly still hopeful of making the company's Cloud streaming service available on rival console platforms as of August 2020. So obviously that didn't happen. None of that stuff's nope. come to fruition. but It shows that Phil Spencer uh, was into what we believed with trying to get xCloud and Game Pass, therefore, on other consoles. So I assume that will continue to be a focus for him in the future. But I don't really think Nintendo or PlayStation will ever agree to that. But we'll see.
1: I I don't think so either. It's we I don't care. Like if you want to put xCloud on these places, I'm like, sounds good. Just give me the games. Make you money. Other things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that makes sense in regards to this. Sony's never fucking going to do it, it seems. But I know we know for fact since even like two years ago more where we know Xbox has been going to Nintendo trying to get Game Pass on the Switch and on Nintendo consoles. And I guess Nintendo's just been like, we like you, but we don't like you that much kind of thing. <laughs> so Phil's still been asking Nintendo every year. He's been going to Doug Bowser being like, Dad, please. And he's like, no. And he's like, OK. And then he asked him next year, please. Like, no. All right.
0: Yep. And the last thing that we're going to talk about from this now like 15 to 20 minute section is something that me and Caleb both found relatively interesting. And that's that Xbox actually reviews, I guess, games that aren't made by them and then provides it in like a slide to, uh, I guess, people who want to like look through that stuff amongst the uh, Xbox like development community and see like where a game in their eyes succeeded and where it struggled. And one thing I appreciated about VGC's coverage of this and Andy Robinson who posted it, that they wrote the nice part of the document first. And I'm actually going to, because they were one of the first people to report on it, a lot of the other websites followed suit. And what I mean by this is they wrote, Court Docs reveal Xbox's internal Last of Us 2 review sets a new bar for what we hope to achieve. And also in this... They also wrote, but Naughty Dog can't make decent gun combat. And you know, if someone else would have written this first, like from IGN or from Kotaku, it would have been Microsoft says Naughty Dog can't make decent gun combat.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, there were a lot of outlets though. I saw reporting on that story that yeah, that there, it was reported as Microsoft basically lambasts uh, or Xbox lambasts Last of Us Part Two gunplay. So there were there were d- both of these articles are being written about this in both ways. Uh, I, I guess VGC broke the story. I assume. Yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting that um, there's the portfolio team or whatever at Xbox. There's actually dedicated people for Xbox who, yeah, who, like Jaren said, review these games <laughs> and uh, these PlayStation games and give like, an official report <laughs> on, on these games to kind of say what Sony's doing. And like Jaren said, they were like, it's a great game and it should be what Xbox is like, should it be trying to achieve on new generation consoles? But then there's also the info where they're like, quote, Naughty Dog still can't seem to make decent gun combat in any of their games. And this one is no exception. Luckily for them, it fits in with this game's with the game's overall theme and pushes the player toward using stealth head on. Um, and I haven't played it, but I think I would agree with that. I haven't played The Last of Us Part 2 or Part 1. I've seen Part 1 played through multiple times because I don't didn't really want to play it. And it's more about the story anyway. And I, I listen to like PlayStation podcasts and all these things like Sacred Symbols and stuff. And Chris Raygun, who's a big shooter fan and has a PlayStation and Xbox and his favorite consoles, the PlayStation 1, like a play, favorite console of all time. And he's played all these games and he's a huge Halo fan of things. He's like, Yeah, he didn't really like The Last of Us Part Two. Like many people didn't, even though he acknowledges it's a, you know, great game or good game in that regard. But his number one criticism as well from that podcast was he's like, Yeah, the combat I don't think is anything to write home about. And I haven't played it, but he gave very specific reasons that I can't quite remember, which is tied to actually being able to play the game and talk about it in a very uh very nuanced way. But I that's I'm just saying that this review, it's not like I this isn't the only review that I've heard. From these Xbox people say like, yeah, the gun combat, not so great, but I don't know. That's an
0: opinion, I guess. Yeah, because the one thing I will push back on, we don't have any info on it for Last of Us 2 and whether it would have been good or not, but Last of Us 1 also has multiplayer. Yeah, and it does.
1: A, a very popular multiplayer. Yeah,
0: it's it's great. So the gunplay actually works really well in the multiplayer, and I think it's one of the better third-person action uh, multiplayer games.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. That's, you've played them, so that's a pretty... Good opinion from Jaren, I would say. And he's right, there are, and that's what other people were saying too, is like, well, they're making a multiplayer version of The Last of Us Part Two still, we presume, and they had a multiplayer for the first one that was really popular. And I've seen the first ones multiplayer a lot. I think Achievement Hunter did a bunch of Let's Plays at the time when it came out and I watched those.
0: Yeah, but it is it is like atmosphere and traps and like other things that make the multiplayer unique.
1: I'm not too hung up on it either because yeah. that's just the one bad thing these Xbox reviewers had to say about it. That's and true. And even then they said that's actually probably a good thing because it makes it more envir- like uh, atmospheric with stealth being a focus and things. So I don't know. It's just like maybe that's their opinion. Some people jumped on them. But uh, yeah, the big news here is that Xbox reviews their games. Kind of crazy,
0: yeah. Officially,
1: <laughs> the official Xbox review of The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> so that's kind of fun.
0: And that is all for the Epic v Apple Week One. Can't wait for Week Two when we find out somebody secretly a lizard person, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg actually owns all of the gaming companies.
1: <laughs> yeah, all of them, <laughs> and he's the lizard. <laughs> you know, yeah. Stay tuned next week and the week after for the next segments of whatever the hell comes out. <laughs> Of this uh, trial.
0: Yep. And speaking of things that have come out of the trial, we're just going to go through these quick because we really don't want to dive into them because we don't even know if any of them are going to stand up. We will dive into the last one. But essentially, Apple being sued by Epic has opened up the gates for everybody to sue everybody. And we're just going to give you the brief guidelines of these. You can go read into them more if you want, but they're not really worth the time of diving into as we're not a legal podcast.
1: Yeah, it's it's news, but we don't care that much. And we're not smart enough to tell you about it in very, very <laughs> smart ways. We're smart enough to give an opinion
0: about So, Sony has been accused of unlawful monopoly for restricting digital games to the PlayStation store. Essentially, the argument is back in April 1st, 2019, a lot of digital games were restricted you would, you'd say most digital games were restricted just to the PlayStation Store where they mark up the price tremendously and you cannot find them anywhere else, thus apparently giving them a, mon- a monopoly. Whether Caleb and I agree remains to be seen when they present the actual case.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. Darren and I talked about this off-air for like 10 minutes, trying to cipher through it, <clears throat> and I I can't determine. There were, there were things said about retail counterparts uh, to these digital games and how the markup wasn't there on the retail versions, but... Sony marked them up on their stores and that brings into a question, excuse me, uh, monopolies on various, like, is it a monopoly if the game is cheaper and like, uh, or is only being marked up on one platform, but it was still available at market in the multiple platforms, like, is that a monopoly would you you say? And it it gets really deep and there are legal terms and you can, these things were like, they're being uh, accused of an unlawful monopoly and they're being, I don't know if they're going to court about that or whatever. It's like, you can go to court for anything. It's whether whatever the judge and all that rules on what it is and so I, I don't know enough about this situation and I, apparently some of these games that were available physically or on, on mom and pop, you know, digital mortar stores and all that or mortar stores rather than all that, uh, I, uh, apparently they're not physically, physically available anymore. I don't know enough about this dude and it's not really worth diving into too much, but that's kind of the pre, I don't know what you'd say, the
0: roundup of that. Yeah. And this one I actually have a little bit more interest in. So valve is facing a new class action lawsuit over steam they put in quotes monopoly because i think it's more ign saying monopoly than the people who sued them they do say monopolistic powers but they don't seem to in their court documents state monopoly i could be wrong i haven't obviously read through all the court documents but the one thing that they do point out that i actually think they have a point on here more than the Sony one, is Rosen, so that's the guy who's suing. He developed a game called Overgrowth. He explains the actions taken by Steam that led him to launch the suit. So allegedly when Rosen wanted to bring overgrowth to other digital storefronts at a lower price due to their lower commission rates, probably epic, Steam stepped in. According to Rosen, the Valve-owned giant said that if overgrowth was sold on any other platform at a lower price, even on his own site, without Steam Keys or Steam's DRM, the game would simply be removed from Steam altogether.
1: See, that's weird too, and it says it's monopolistic, but that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, well, they're not preventing him from putting it on other platforms. They're just saying, if you do, we're going to take it off our store.
0: No, no, they're not. they're but they're saying the they're point? saying you in order to keep it on our store, you must keep it the same price on every other platform. Oh,
1: the same price on every other platform. Otherwise, but we will is,
0: remove it from our store.
1: That's not monopolistic, though, is it? Because that's the point: is that there are these other platforms.
0: Well, the point like, is that they're that they have the biggest gaming market. And they're trying, they they're trying right. to use their, their, uh, like yeah, I think IGN or IGN and GameSpot but it's not puts a monopoly, the monopoly yeah. here, but that's what the point is, is that we have no yeah, idea you're, what, you're, what a digital right monopoly is. It's yeah, never well, been defined. are right
1: Um, in, in practice that what they're doing in steam in that way is a monopolistic practice. Obviously steam doesn't have a monopoly cause they have competitors on other storefronts, but Jaren's right where it seems people are struggling at this point to define. Yeah. Like a monopoly. On a digital front especially if there's an equivalent physical market for that product and other things I I don't know Uh, I guess these lawyers and judges and other things are gonna figure this out
0: cuz the weird the weird thing about it is like steam did have a monopoly and then other like an actual traditional defined monopoly monopoly on the
1: PC digital on the PC
0: and then uh, other stores just decided to come in but they have nowhere near the numbers of steam so steam still largely Gets to bully everybody into doing what they want them to do. I guess seems to yeah, be the it's, thing. Yeah, it's
1: the thing. I agree with. they like monopolistic type things, but monopoly is very interesting. There, it's been expanded a bit, just colloquially speaking, in recent years and other things. But traditionally, a monopoly is when someone caps like a market. Like the traditional example is Standard Oil in the U.S., who had the had a monopoly on kerosene in the United States, so they could set prices and they had no competitors. So then they had to be broken up and actually so that the prices could be competitive that's like what a monopoly standard definition is and then you have what people describe today are the like I talked to Jaron about there's internet companies who are basically fucking cartels which means that they get to these different AT&T, Xfinity and whatever the fuck else I don't know Suddenlink everybody all that shit get together and basically they don't compete regionally so they establish kind of regional monopolies where you only have if you specific, specifically if you only have one option for a internet company in your region or area then it's like well that's a monopoly uh, regionally, but it's more of a cartel because it's agreed upon because there are competitors. But the point is they stay out of each other's way in regional regards. So there's like def- definitions for these types of things. And it's like well y- people like to say, it might as well be a monopoly. It's like, yeah, but it's not if in certain ways, if the criteria isn't met specifically for the definition, but there can be monopolistic like tendencies and other things. And like Jaren said before, that it's kind of weird on these digital storefronts and stuff too, and how it's defined. But this, this all kind of, lo- you know, it's kind of boring. But this kind of all goes into that and how there you might see more lawsuits open up to different companies and other things, kind of like the Epic Apple one and in the gaming industry. So I would I would look forward to that and we'll probably get more uh, actual definitions of what monopolies are on digital stores, which have only really become prominent in the last 20 years or so. Right.
0: Yeah, that's true. Now we're going to move on to this quick story about E3 continuing to boom and like, Caleb and I have covered this so many times, we have no idea who's in E3, who's not in E3 at this point, <laughs> but apparently Sega, Bandai, Namco, and Square Enix, who we swear was added last week, you guys can tell us uh, <laughs> it over at Twitter, at Podcast. but apparently they've been added again, according to yeah. VGC, I don't know.
1: Yeah, they've been added to the E3. I-, I read this news where it's just like, yeah, Sega, Bandai, Namco, and Square Enix are on board for E3 2021, like, they're going to be there. And I'm like, I-, I talked to Jared. I was like, aren't Bandai, Namco, and Square Enix like already there? I could have swore. <laughs> I was like, wasn't there like this long list that then got updated once already where I'm like, weren't they? Wasn't like Square Enix there already? I don't, I don't know.
0: Who cares? Yeah, no idea. It's going to
1: show up. Maybe they'll drop out like fucking <laughs> Konami. Who knows by the time it
0: starts. And the last thing in Outside the Box, apparently there's a PS5 redesign which will enter production in 2022. A new report claims this seems to be possibly Sony's way to get around the chip shortage. I don't, that's what this article insinuates over at VGC. Oh, really? it, it says that Sony has talked about having ways to get around the, uh, microchip shortage, but based on the fact that every other piece of technology in the world is hampered by this chip shortage, I don't see how Sony is the brilliant mind that found a way to get around it.
1: Yeah. Tom Ivan, by the way, in this article said, it's quote, he said, it's likely that a redesign is purely components focused and won't feature any significant external change. Uh, that's interesting i thought he, he says that i never even considered that because i hadn't read the article and I, I didn't even consider that as a possibility i thought this redesign thing was that like they were already working on an iteration like a pro of yeah like a pro version of the ps which that makes sense in terms of what i understand of production and, and, and like people talking about when the xbox one x went into production and all these other things and the ps4 pro this just like 2022 that just seems like a normal year for these companies to start r and Ding their next consoles whether they be uh uh a middle console like a pro or an, a 1x type thing or even if they were like new consoles like that's just people don't think it's like oh man already it's like yeah typically like, like a year even after the console launches a year or two which 2022 the consoles launched at the end of 2020 and it's like yeah a year or two after the consoles that's typically when these companies are already R- in r&d on the next system so that just seems to line up with uh what we would already assume it's yeah just that now apparently it's confirmed this you know? does
0: seem to be full production though which leans me to believe that it's something that they're actually going to release relatively soon, which made yeah, me right. go away from the possibility of the pro.
1: You're right. I didn't actually consider that as much. Production in 2022 does. You're right. That seems like a components thing with that specific word. So. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to fix it they're gonna be dude they're gonna be designing that and producing that components based one like that shit that has to be along the same time and uh, that they're also doing what i said where they're working on the next model already yeah they're
0: definitely in like early design of it i bet for the next model
1: yeah so that's kind of interesting that they're gonna put out this new line in 2022 or 2023 and then also like they- they're to compete with xbox and other things. they're gonna have to release another model within the next like two years after that right
0: uh yeah probably with I assume wow. Xbox will have some kind of Series XX in uh, series double X. And then we're we're gonna get to years. the series triple X, dude, X-rated. And that is all for Outside the Box, thankfully. Woo! We're out. A good solid 40 minutes into the podcast. And now we're moving on to the review roundup. In a world where reviews are too long to read and review it. videos are too long to watch, one man will compile all of the reviews and turn them into one easy, digestible stream of information. This is the Review Roundup. And in this Review Roundup, we actually have something. And you know it is it's resident evil village
1: we finally got games jaren Woo-woo. resident evil 8
0: yep and everybody seems to basically be firmly in the same spot on this game except push square which i swear i'd never seen them review something that is associated with sony in any negative way ever in the history of the site <laughs> they
1: were yeah I, I agree i'm uh i yeah push square i like their sister sites uh, or sister site pure xbox but i've never yeah, push square is pretty high on everything PlayStation. <laughs>
0: So essentially how this is broken down is that Resident Evil Village blends elements of seven and it blends elements of four and it doesn't reach the heights of either of those games, but it's still Interesting. a good game.
1: Have the reviewers beaten the game or are they just saying that <laughs> like in the middle of the review?
0: I can't answer your full question on that because as <laughs> we know, reviewers don't really state whether they've beaten a game or not unless they're like Ryan McCaffrey.
1: Yeah, you have to go on their trophy profiles and their Xbox profiles and like fucking sneak around and find out if they've actually beaten a game or not based on their truth and a lot
0: of them have them private
1: yeah and some some reviewers who i don't necessarily like are like yeah i don't have to say whether i beat it or not in the review and it's like you should (laughs) it's relevant information to the audience yeah how far you got in the game or if you beat well if you didn't beat it just say like i got this far
0: so everybody's kind of in the same boat it seems to be around an eight out of ten to an eight point five out of ten And the outliers who don't like it seem to really not like it. Like, there's a 5 out of 10 from the video gamer. Uh, The no score from Rock Paper Shotgun, they said Resident Evil Village felt like it wanted to provide something for everyone, but to its own determined.
1: Yeah, um, didn't you send me something about- them saying that it was like they wanted to tone down the horror of the game before it launched? Yeah, th- yeah they wanted to make
0: it less scary than Resident Evil 7 based on surveys that they had taken of people who played Resident Evil 7. And then we yeah, tweeted out... A horror game? Yeah, isn't this a horror game? Like, what genre do you make now? And it seems like they've gone back towards Resident Evil 4's kind of action approach with like a mix-in of scary bits. And some uh, people say that the game kind of isn't as good in the start, but then towards the end, it gets better. But then some review sites say it's good at the start, but then at the end, it, it gets worse. Right. So it seems like based on the expectations that you went into this game with, if you're like a fan of the previous seven, maybe seven was the only one you played, then you might not be as big of a fan of this one. But if you've played all the Resident Evil games and some of the turds that are have been made by them, you're <laughs> like, this game's great. So it seems like everybody's kind of at least bare minimum seven and up with the outliers. Some of the outliers really not liking it.
1: Okay. Uh, I I won't be playing this game. I'm going to be watching one of my favorite Twitch streamers, Ray Narvaez Jr. I'm going to watch his playthrough of the game. Uh, I'm not going to play it myself. I imagine I haven't read the reviews because I don't care that much. Uh, and thankfully you do it because you know you're a G. Uh, I, I, I think this game probably looks like a 9 to 9.5 in terms of visual fidelity, especially if you're on the Xbox Series X running it at like 4K with ray tracing. I have something to say about that.
0: Oh, okay, what's up? If you are an Xbox patron, and I trust that you are based on you listening to us, this game, according to Digital Foundry, runs fantastic with ray tracing on the Xbox Series X, but if you're playing the game on Xbox Series S, it is recommended by them that you don't play with the ray tracing mode and you play it kind of in the normal way that it's supposed to be played because it does have significant frame drops occasionally on uh, the ray tracing mode so they suggest that you disable ray tracing and go for performance if you have an xbox series s but that being said if you have an xbox series s you're probably not the biggest into graphical fidelity anyway so yeah you would think so Just a heads up. But yeah, that's, but now that's a good continue. that's a
1: good call. Out. No, that's a good call. out because I didn't know you had that uh, ready. That's that's pretty good information for all of you out there who want to jump into Resident Evil Village. It, it kind of makes sense that this game is a bit mixed. I mean, it's really positive overall, but in terms of some people's opinions because of uh, it's it's so much different, right? Like it's it's a Resident Evil game. But instead of like the pandemic and these zombie type things, it's like this one's based on fucking vampires, like lichens and like yeah. werewolves, you know, and, and vampires and things and the castle with a gothic type set. And it's very different, you know.
0: I'm gonna play this game on PC uh, with no online features. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, you're gonna have to
1: let me know how it is, and let the audience know how it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like not—it's not a game that I would play anyway. I didn't play seven. I like mini games that I'm somewhat interested in, but don't want to play. I just watch them played through. So I watched Resident Evil Seven played through, so I know the story. Same thing's gonna happen with Eight. If you're into it, you know, jump in. Seems like it's about an eight out of ten. Maybe it'll be different for you. Yeah. based on these reviews
0: and if you only played seven and you're looking for more seven this might not be the game for you
1: no and if you like nine foot fucking vampire ladies with boisterous breasts who want to crush you like everybody on the internet then this may be the game perfect game for you i know yeah. everybody's into her she, or you could just watch, watch the WNBA.
0: or you could watch the WNBA, <laughs> dude that's true <laughs> there you go and that is the end of the review roundup. We're now moving our way into the X block and we're starting off with some Halo news, Caleb. So I'm not sure if because you're the Halo man, you want to bring dude, this one to me?
1: I'll talk about this. This is from purexbox.com by Fraser Gilbert. And the, the headline is, former 343 employee spills the beans on Halo Infinite's development. And from what he says about this game, basically he says, uh, uh, in a Billy Billy video translated from Mandarin by, so it's translated from Mandarin, which is interesting. By random O underscore point over at Reset Era, the former employee uh, who apparently worked on Skybox, he was a Skybox artist for the game, this guy said, quote, His overall feeling on Halo Infinite, in fact, I think the finished product will still be great. The story is a big improvement and the gameplay is much richer, though the development cycle is too long. Don't expect it to be an epoch-making masterpiece. And then this person also said, uh... He now works at Certain Affinity, still doing some HI outsourcing work, and feels good to be out of 343's baggage. Finally, the former employees uh, also reportedly highlighted that the team at 343 has been working ext- uh, extremely hard over the years, including overtime, quote, until the early hours of the morning. And he, quote, and that's when he says he feels good to be out of the baggage. So the overtime and crunch thing is a part of this. And in the article, uh, Gilbert said, quote, we must point out that this is a translation from Reset Era, so it might not be 100% accurate, but well-known industry insider Jason Schreier has appeared to confirm that the information aligns with what he's heard about the game. And that's because, this isn't in the article, but I know that someone on Twitter or some shit was like, uh, Jason, it, there's this, apparently there's a lot of crunch at 343 in Halo, and uh, doing Halo Infinite. Uh, maybe Jason Trial will be, is already writing about this or knows about this or something. And Jason Schreier responded like, you would be correct, is what he said. So apparently, get ready for Jason's Jason Schreier's piece, uh, with a bunch of anonymous sources about crunch in another video game, believe it or not. So, there Dude, you,
0: go. you know what my favorite type of crunch is? What's up, man? You ever, had, you ever had the Canadian chocolate bar called Crunch? Uh, I didn't know it was Canadian, but I've had a Crunch bar. They come in pizza, or they used to come in pizza Lunchables. Ah, see, they only used to have them, I feel like, in Canada, but I could be entirely wrong. You
1: mean they have the Rice crispy or the rice things yeah. in them, right? And they're, yeah, I, and they have a blue wrapping with like red text or something. Am I right?
0: Yeah, it used to be like a bunch of people yeah, I know's favorite love crunch chocolate bars. bar, and then they went away for a while. So maybe the States yeah. took them back, and then they came back recently.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm going to say they used to be. In pizza Lunchables, which I love, and then they weren't all of a sudden in pizza Lunchables anymore, and I was distraught. And I haven't thought about them in years. Yeah, so but remember bars.
0: Jason is trying to take those from you.
1: Yeah, dude, fucking Jason, trying don't take my Crunch Bar, dude. <laughs> that probably got not us. Again. That
0: joke there just got us blocked on Twitter. If anyone sent that to him, <laughs>
1: yeah, no shit, he blocks every- <laughs> dude. He's you should have seen it. He was on this blocking spree or something a week ago, blocking everybody. Jason does not like criticism. I'll tell you that. And then some point, people brought up, like, why'd you block this person for this reason? Like, it, totally benign, normal comments, just maybe questioning or being genuinely inquisitive about other things. And he'll respond, like, literally, like, well, they annoyed me. and Or, like, clearly, they annoyed me. And Jason, just mm. notorious Twitter blocker.
0: I'll say that. Block that's everyone. That's true. And like many things Jason talks about, all of them could be said as rumors. And that's what this <laughs> next story is. And we're going to give, like... I'm just going to give you the quote of what Jeff Grubb said, and everybody's kind of heard of Jeff Grubb. He's got a very popular podcast, and he kind of is the guy who leaks rumors that mostly turn out to be true, or at least to uh, were true at the time that he leaked them.
1: Yeah, Xbox-related typically, I think.
0: Yeah, and kind of across the board, but recently Xbox-related, because it seems like Xbox is doing the most yeah. stuff that people are down to talk about. Yes. So, Gear Studio, this is his quote, The Coalition is busy. They are working on Halo. They are helping with Halo Infinite. That is one of the big projects that Coalition is contributing to in a major way. Coalition is also, of course, making the next Gears game. Of course, they're going to do that. But the Coalition is also working on a third thing, and it's likely a new IP. Now, I've heard rumors that it could be a Star Wars thing from out of the Coalition, but I haven't been able to confirm that. And these are rumors that have been kicked around in a few different places, so it's hard to track down. Basically, I'm not putting any money on that. But the Coalition is working on a third thing, so we'll see what that turns into. It's probably still quite a ways off, and whether that comes out before the new Gears, I don't know. Maybe it's in the prototype phase, but they are considering something new. And I think a lot of these Star Wars-related rumors have come out because it seems like Lucasfilms is doing a very similar thing to what Marvel did, where they're shopping around their IPs. And like letting people pitch for them, and then making separate games with different studios. Ah,
1: yeah, I see. And that would be cool for the coalition. I mean, we assume we well the the fact that he says they're working on Halo Infinite that makes sense because they're a close studio tie to that, and they could actually contribute some in that this development cycle. Clearly, Halo Infinite isn't in crunch right now, uh, and they're working on this nonstop basically until it releases, hopefully later this year, unless they delay it again. Which again, whether they do or not, I feel like they almost should uh, because we haven't seen any of the game yet we're gonna see it more at e3 but we haven't seen a video of the game since last e3 ish time last summer so
0: that one guy though who did leave said that they had made significant strides since then in his statement so that's true too
1: so there's that but yeah the coalition working on that makes sense and them working on gear six which should round out the trilogy of the gears games currently with four five and six and so that it kind of makes
0: sense that they're in or a very early development on some other thing. That is what we talked about in the very first uh, time, I think it was the either the first podcast or the second, where I said that a big, huge like a gap that I feel like a lot of people jumping over to Xbox have is that if they didn't care about Xbox in the previous generation, there's not really any new games for them to care about because they're making a lot of the same franchises. If the Coalition is working on a new IP, then that could be that could be an answer to that where we're gonna start to get yeah. differing games.
1: So yeah, it could and it could be Star Wars. We, we don't know. Maybe I, I feel, feel like 50, that's 50 a stretch. On that. It could be, but it could not <laughs> be. And Jaren's right. I'm I'm excited if the coalition is gonna not go straight into fucking Gears 7, 8, 9, and instead just like start doing something else for a bit and maybe let Gears breathe for a while or let someone else start working on something that's kinda tangentially gears related. Uh I uh what was I gonna say about this? Oh yeah. I'm excited that they're working on a new IP, but and like Jaren said, th- if you weren't an Xbox fan before, it's not great that they kind of constantly make the same series. But it's cool that with a lot of these things now, they're making spiritual reboots of these things. That is so maybe good. if you didn't like the first iteration. Well, it's like, well, maybe you, you'll like what Perfect Dark is going to be now or what Fable is going to be now or uh, I don't know, even what Halo Infinite is going to be a bit different from previous Halos.
0: Yeah, that was the biggest issue with Halo 5 was that it was technically still a sequel. And I think that's why a lot of people weren't really on board. Yeah
1: there's a lot with the new with 343 halos because they they are different than bungees they made them hyper more hyper realistic and kind of took away the art style a bit and and made them something kind of different but and then added a lot of mechanics that were more into shooters of that time with uh you know bur- uh, thrusters and cl- clambering and other things but yeah uh that's another discussion yep this uh coalition news is pretty good
0: these next few more stories rumors, are say. all rumors. pretty quick yeah they are rumors the yeah, like i said the next the next few ones are pretty quick so we're gonna go over them in a relatively quick way sony registers trademark for insomniac's xbox shooter sunset overdrive this also comes in part where insomniac claims that they own the ip rights since 2018 even though the game hasn't been moved f- over originally to playstation like the the first one that could be because of an old contract in place where insomniac owns the rights but microsoft owns the first game
1: yeah i don't know how any of that works but jaren's right they 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 now have a trademark sony has registered a trademark for sunset overdrive so i guess that's coming to the playstation store or they're working on a sequel more likely yeah uh, some sort of or they just want to have it
0: yeah or they just want to have
1: it so it's not on the playstation store yet though there's not too
0: much to say about that (laughs)
1: it's just weird ip rights (laughs) this
0: is a story that we reported on last week where we said there were going to be 50 plus fps boosted games coming out this current week and xbox announced fps boost update for 74 games and if you want to Jesus. know the list of those you can obviously go over to any of your favorite gaming news sites and find them are there any big ones that stand out do you know uh the big ones that people have been talking about were assassin's creed unity shadow of the tomb raider far cry 5 wasteland 3 and Deus x mankind divided but fucking put some hype on that wasteland dude 3 yeah jaren and i are in dude the june update or whatever is coming up and we're gonna have some
1: frame rate boosted next gen bullshit
0: there you go so those were the key ones obviously there's a bunch more if you want to go check those out i believe that puts the now total of fps boosted games to 97 if i believe dude I the year i was born <laughs> there you go <laughs> And also, in FPS-related news and things from when Caleb was a younger man, <laughs> Mass Effect Legendary Edition supports 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X, but on PS5, it only supports 60. Yeah, which is weird. It comes in the fact that... uh these are not next gen versions of these games and therefore Sony does not have a way to get up to the 120 frames per second because it can only do what the PS4 Pro did. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's and according to this VGC article written by our boy Tom Ivan. He says, quote, enabling next gen performance features such as 120 frames per second reportedly requires a full native port on PS5. Yep. While Microsoft allows such features to be added via a backwards compatibility patch. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, like Jaren said, any games like that that are not exclusive or not native to PS5 can't get those uh, frame rate things, which is what really sucks because Microsoft's out there making every game that you did and didn't play essentially, you know, now for uh, from the previous gen Xbox One, PS4. They're out there making all those games better where it's like people say. You've heard people say this now, too, where you play a new next gen game. And you're like, man, I can't even go back. Like, how do I go back to playing a game that's not 60 frames per second anymore? And Xbox is like, dude, don't worry about it. Got you covered. We're working on that. Oh, you're going to go back to these games that you're like, I can't play 60 frames per second anymore. And dude, we made them 60 frames per second for you you're going to worry about it. Yep. easy mode. That's pretty cool.
0: But it also does kind of lend credence to the fact that we talked about before where why was this game made at this point? Why didn't why wouldn't they just make this game for next gen? I know it was because they didn't want to redo the engine. I know no. it, that was yep. why they didn't want to redo the engine. So they used the same engine. Yep. Because it would have taken way more development time and therefore they couldn't really make next gen versions. I know that's why. But I mean, like, then why make the game? Like, why put in the effort? <laughs>
1: I don't know. You're right. They should have really remake like you know what mafia did with mafia one yeah that's what you got to do man like it's like well we didn't change the engine and these t- i think they did for the mass effect one right they upgraded it to the mass effect three engine mass effect two or was it already on the same engine i, I think they
0: remember. were all three were on the same engine they just upgraded whatever. the whatever
1: regardless mass effect three came out in what 2012 yeah 2013 and you look at that game and you're like there's nothing wrong with that game and it, the games don't look that much better too if <laughs> in some ways they look worse it's like They should have made a whole Series X, PS5, next-gen, pseudo-remake of these games. But, I mean, to each his own, a lot of
0: people are going to buy them. They're going to be very successful. Yeah, because the original game was far more moody. Uh, the original, like, graphic style was far more moody and, like, based on what they were going for. And when they, like, upscaled all this stuff and made it look better, it changed the way that the games kind of yeah, feel. Yeah, it's less dark and
1: more pasty. yeah Yeah.
0: so is that better is that worse i guess that's up to you
1: just a quick thing on mass effect legendary edition i think it came out the news today from true achievements if you're curious you're probably not but the game has i think 2915 gamer score Uh, i think that's because they took out the multiplayer shit Mm -hmm. from mass effect 3 so it doesn't have an even 3000 but yeah it has like a weird ass gamer score number and uh there you go that's I don't remember how many achievements, but that's the gamer score. I got a
0: fun fact for you here, Caleb. And what's up? How many? I know this is the Xbox part of the podcast. but This is a good funny thing. How many Platinums do you think this game has? Oh, dude, I saw this. (laughs) It has three Platinum trophies. And and then a separate list.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it has its own list of like trophy list for the whole series, like the whole game, the legendary edition game. But it, that one doesn't have a platinum. Yep. So very. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on over there, but I'm the one I time we achievements
0: were better than platinums. The only time in existence that achievements were better than platinums.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, I wish though that there was something like platinum, because they for that one though they still have a platinum for each game, and it's like that is a good way to make people who are like me and achievement hunters and trophy hunters interested in playing the whole series. It's like, well, I get a carrot on the stick for each one I do. You know, it's a sequential progression as opposed to just general gamer score.
0: Yeah, definitely. So last of the quick ones, Fable is being developed using the Forza engine. What do you think about that, Caleb? I
1: don't know enough about the Forza engine. And is this the motorsport engine
0: or the? Uh, The Horizon engine.
1: Horizon Engine. That makes sense. It might I mean, be it's the an same open world. engine.
0: I don't know if that they're the same engine, but Jaron
1: and I don't know enough about Forza engines to have a really in-depth discussion about this. Forza Horizon though, four particularly, and I guess five, maybe they're working on those games are good open world. You know, they look pretty, and you could probably rework those assets and, and that engine and things into a really good fable game. I don't know enough about it. It's like. Fables being developed using the Forts engine I'm like okay I guess the main news here is that if, if Microsoft owns that engine they don't have to pay any sort of licensing fees to someone like epic or something for an unreal engine right they don't have to pay anybody for the engine but in terms of what that means for the game I'm like what well, g- good good question mark
0: I think what it means for the game is that it explains why this game is taking longer than we thought it would take and it's because they had to rework the engine probably for the first two years and now they're building the game yeah
1: they're like we don't Microsoft or whoever's over there is like we didn't want to make we don't want to remake or make a new engine from scratch we're just gonna fucking make a re-ass rework the uh Forza engine which is an interesting approach probably maybe something they even garnered from Halo Infinite from because from what I read reworking the uh, or making the slip space engine and having that make wor- making that work with halo infinite and kind of developing the game alongside the development of the engine and something i read recently it's kind of a tangent but they said someone said that the reason that uh, all the errors and wh- why it looks so bad the demo for halo infinite at last summer at microsoft's event why there were so many problems with it, why it looked bad is because they were still kind of developing the engine in various ways for different things. So maybe they learned something from that
0: or. Yeah, it didn't have a lot of boxes turned on in that demo.
1: Yeah. So there you go. Forza
0: or Fable going to be running on the Forza engine. I guess it does have a lot of similar things Yeah. like quest progression, like a lot of stuff that they have for Forza that runs in the background of Forza probably would work well in for a Fable game. It should. Yeah, And it uh, would look We good. just have to
1: wait. Yeah, we just got to wait and see how this turns out essentially, because it, it seems like it could work pretty well.
0: Yeah, but also you've seen the other side of that where EA uses the Frostbite engine for everything and that's I clearly an engine designed everything. designed for shooters and it does not work great in their sports games.
1: Yeah, or when Cry- uh, those people, I don't know who owns it now, but
0: when the Crytek engine is used for things that aren't Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Next up in the docket, new Xbox Game Pass titles for May and the games that are leaving. But we're going to start with, The games that are coming for now, Just Cause 4 Reloaded, that game is coming on May 13th. I was looking at the picture, so now I'm actually going to go in order of when the games are coming. Hell yeah. May 4th, Dragon Quest Builders, console and PC. May 6th, we've already talked about this one, but FIFA 21. Then also Outlast 2. So if you're feeling like getting scared, Caleb, Outlast 2's there for you. If Village, you know, cut back on the horror too much and you're looking for a real horror experience, there you go. Yeah, there you go. And something for me and Caleb right here, dude, steep coming out may 6th is that the first ubisoft game like big big name ubisoft game to come into game pass i don't know if far cry was ever in game pass i I don't know hopefully the start of something new if it is
1: yeah a ubisoft game in
0: general being on there is a a good thing and a good sign because they're typically not and then may 13th final fantasy x-x-2 hd remaster okay console you final fantasy just cause 4 reloaded (laughs) like i said console cloud and pc psychonauts the original game console cloud pc red dead online console cloud i like how they separated red dead and red dead online and then they just got red dead online back yeah <laughs> and remnant from the ashes is coming to pc because it was already on console now leaving xbox game pass and you guys might say hey guys last week when you got days gone they announced that it's leaving well days gone is no longer leaving we were saved jaren not days gone sorry daisy yeah yeah
1: i know what you meant i i didn't notice what you said because i already i was thinking what you didn't say <laughs> which was daisy
0: yeah so there you go we're still gonna be playing daisy but we won't be playing anytime in the future alan wake Battlefleet Gothic? Dungeons of the Endless? Final Fantasy IX, Hotline Miami, and Plebe Quest The Crusaders. Too bad. I was looking forward to Pleby Quest.
1: Dude, I wouldn't. I'm <laughs> glad I can't play Final Fantasy fucking nine, dude. So, so hype.
0: Those all leave Game Pass on May 15th.
1: Something you mentioned earlier Remnant from the Ashes, right? That game getting a next gen upgrade next week, or I guess this week, uh, depending on when the podcast comes out on Monday.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that'll fix my bug.
1: Well, I was going to say that this week, since it's getting a next gen upgrade, or next week or whatever. Yeah, this week when it comes out. <laughs> I was confused with the timeline, but, uh, I'm excited because I haven't played the DLC yet. Jaren and I tried to. His save got a bug and shit. But uh, now, whenever I do play it, I will have the next gen features.
0: Which there will you pretty, go. Pretty neat. Now, some Stalker 2 news to kind of close out the X block. So Stalker 2 will seemingly be an Xbox console exclusive for three months. Now, this is the one thing that I left here that was from the epic news because it seemed weird to put it in the epic news. Mm hmm. So They've only paid for three months exclusivity. Now, that doesn't mean that the game immediately comes out after the three months because the Stalker development people have seemed to be pretty like the way they talk about Xbox seems to be like it's on Xbox. It's coming to Xbox like Xbox, Xbox. So we'll see if right after the three months they got their PS5 version available. But that is how long their exclusive contract at least currently is.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the developer came out and said we... Currently have no plans for like a PS5 or to put this on other consoles or some shit. Yeah, that's what they said. So we assume this is going to roll with Xbox and then be a, you know, primarily Xbox and PC title. And it still
0: seems to be slated to come out in Q4 of 2021, which which, is very exciting based on their next story, uh, which is also here. I kind of don't understand how that's possible, but we'll get into it after I I explain the story to you. stalker 2 will be hundreds of hours long according to the developer and then he says in quotes it's a very long game okay we got that so the thing that confuses me about this is if this game comes out in q4 2021 and it's hundreds of hours long why did you only show assets like two months ago at the indie showcase like maybe they were saving all of the big news bethesda style for e3 and they were gonna be like boom. boom 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 yeah like trailer 10 minutes of gameplay like maybe. But if you have hundreds of hours of possible gameplay, how do you not have a trailer yeah. eight months before the game comes out?
1: You would think you have the first fucking three quests lined up or some shit.
0: Yeah, like we saw an in-engine trailer, and then we saw assets, and that was like within a year the year of when the game's supposed to come out.
1: Feels like Halo Infinite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they actually look good.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they actually look great. And yeah, I believe them. Like, i I don't know if they'll delay it, but... These are the group of people where if they didn't, I wouldn't be surprised,
0: which is yeah, it's an indie weird studio. in this time.
1: Yeah, it seems like they're going to hit it, but hundreds of hours long is actually off putting to me.
0: But it could be like Skyrim hundreds of hours long, right? Where the game's 12 yeah. hours, but there's hundreds of hours of content.
1: That's what I'm hoping, because if it's hundreds of hours long for real, I'm going to be like, well, that's a huge turn off. I was really interested in your game. And you're like, it's hundreds of hours. And I'm like, oh, fucking God,
0: dude, Assassin's Another Creed. Another one anywhere? of these. <laughs> god (laughs) and the last story minecraft has reached 140 million monthly users and generated over 350 million dollars to date that's pretty much it i just wanted to read the the light numbers this ties back into that x-factor discussion we had one time where why does microsoft not do more with this game
1: yeah apparently they don't even have to and um what was i gonna oh yeah i was gonna i was wondering what month that was
0: um uh this is from april the april numbers but they say $350 million to date, and GameSpot implies in the article that that's overall, but that can't be true. Minecraft yeah, can't have only made $350 million. Yeah,
1: I also didn't think that. Maybe they it has, and that's just not counting merch or some shit, but I don't think so. I think that's wrong. I think they meant for a month or something. I don't know what they're talking about. $350 million seems incredibly light, but uh, they also said Minecraft was also the most watched game on YouTube in 2020, according to a new fact sheet.
0: Yep. Yeah, we know about that. Everyone's always surprised that Microsoft has, or Microsoft, that Minecraft has doubled the I didn't viewers know it
1: was
0: of uh, Fortnite. Like during pandemic year, you know, 2020, they actually, I, like, I knew it
1: was like 2019 and shit, but I didn't know 2020, they were the most watched game on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have been the past five years. <laughs> Which is crazy. Since PewDiePie brought it back, right? Well, PewDiePie re- brought it back recently, like this year, wasn't it?
1: No, he, he started doing like videos for it a while, like at least a couple years ago, where like he. You can directly correlate a spike in Minecraft appeal and traffic and all these other things with when PewDiePie
0: started playing it a lot for his channel like years ago. True. I forget that the T-Series PewDiePie thing was actually last year because this whole year has kind of been blended together. No, I thought that was even
1: longer ago than last year when he made his congratulations.
0: Yeah, it was a long time ago. Time doesn't mean anything anymore for anybody. That's all (laughs) that we know. (laughs) And that is the end of the X block. We're pushing an hour 15 minutes here, so we're gonna do a quick X Factor discussion. (laughs) And uh, luckily I chose, I think I chose this one. It was an easier one for this month. Yeah, so why don't you take
1: it in? Uh, I chose to talk about favorite gaming peripherals. All of our favorite add-on type of bullshit items that aren't our normal controllers that we play games with and how crazy they get. Uh, I guess I'll take it away with what I like first in terms of gaming peripherals. And if you have any, if you wanna talk to us about your favorite gaming peripherals or or anything that you want to say to this podcast here where can people find us real quick this is a good little
0: you can find us on at x podcast on twitter and that's basically the best place to like reach out and talk to us you can talk to us in our youtube comments too if you look up the XBlock podcast but those would be your two best at actually reaching out to us unless you want to come over to our patreon
1: yeah there you go and uh feel free to leave us by, by the way positive reviews on places like apple podcasts and google podcasts or wherever you can Uh, You can find this podcast pretty much anywhere on any podcast service. And yes, for favorite gaming peripherals, I wanted to give a big shout out to the specifically the Guitar Hero 2 and 3 Guitars. You play Guitar Hero, right? You played those games? Yep. Okay. All you Zoomers out there, I know you didn't play Guitar Hero. All right, don't lie to me. No, you didn't. You didn't play Guitar Hero. You weren't there. You didn't go to your friend's house in 2008 with, you know, two guitars hooked up fucking playing competitive Guitar Hero 3. No, you didn't. All right. And don't act like you did but Jaron and I did and probably not at this you know uh we, we didn't know each other then but i'm certain we did we were play i was sitting up that guitar you. hero there is nut no- i don't like that i i know Nothing better than a good guitar hero like guitar as a peripheral. That's the best peripheral I can think of they were They didn't even break that much or at least mine didn't Do Did you have any experiences where yours broke?
0: Uh no, I still have my guitar hero 3 controller, and it works I just happen to have it for a PlayStation so I couldn't get the adapter
1: Okay, yeah, I broke I think I had one break on me like the B button went out or some shit Uh, or the the red button I guess it would be fret whatever um That one went out on me, and that was the only one after hundreds of hours of play. And uh, other shout-outs to gaming peripherals. Uh, The Xbox Live Vision Camera. Sharon, you remember that I used to create my horrifying figure uh, that we talked about on a podcast like five or six episodes ago in Rainbow Six Vegas, uh, where I had to map my face onto a character in-game and created a fucking space anomaly. And then Jaren said that was used to show penises when people played Uno.
0: Yeah, if you didn't see a dick before you played Uno, you saw a dick. <laughs> so there you that go. That was your first experience.
1: Shout out to the Xbox Live Vision camera. Uh, I don't know. There's some. I don't know if you wouldn't really consider the Wii remote a peripheral, would you? Like, in terms of. I mean, it's a remote. It's like the controller, but I guess it's technically a peripheral.
0: Nah, it's that a, thing's it's a remote. I'd say you can call the Wii Fit thing that everyone liked a peripheral. Nah, fuck
1: that. I don't know. I I didn't use that, but apparently people like it. Uh, It's very popular. A lot of people had that. And shout out to the Duck Hunt. You ever played Duck Hunt, Jaren? I have. Back in the old days, that gun, you know, that came with it where you'd fucking shoot at your screen and fucking just kill those ducks. You know what I mean? Fuck those ducks up. Yeah, fuck those ducks. That's, shout out to that gun. I don't know what it was called. I don't know this particular name of it, but the gun that you would use in Duck Hunt to shoot the birds, that that was hype.
0: Is that the last one?
1: That's it for me. I mean, do you have anything to go off of with that? Do you have any other...
0: I'm going to, I'm going to lean the same. I'm going to give you four kind of categories. So peripheral, I guess if a controller, like, I guess, because an extra controller would count as a peripheral, like the main controller that comes with the console, not necessarily a peripheral, even though it is technically. It is, but not in the way
1: colloquial way we
0: describe it. Yeah, I would still call the Elite Series 2 controller like a great peripheral because most people don't have it.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's a controller and it is a peripheral. It's kind of skirting the definition, but I'm kind of with you. Where I'm like, yeah, that's fair.
0: I would also say that uh, flight sticks, they use for flight simulators, are one of the greatest peripherals that's ever, I guess, been made for PCs.
1: I don't use those. Like, I've never used flight stick. I mean, I maybe did once when I was little, but i and like, one of the older flight sims, but I don't really have much experience with with those, so, and- the, another one that I'm pretty sure you're going to say I don't have much experience with either.
0: Uh, No, no. Flight sticks are way better than racing wheels unless you have like okay. a full racing wheel setup, which then you're getting into the point where you're basically building a car and plugging it into your PC.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say racing <laughs> wheels. I'm like, I don't really use those either. But uh, so I kinda... will
0: cause throw a shout out to Rock Band because they brought the guitar, the drums, the mic and the keyboard, which is a forgotten one. And I wish they still supported the keyboard because I mi- that was the one Rock Band I missed out on, and I oh, wish yeah. I didn't miss out on Rock Band 3 because I would have loved to play that fucking keyboard.
1: I-, I missed out on Rock Band 3 too, man. I-, I played a bit of Rock Band 1 at other people's houses. I play I have Rock Band 2, played the shit out of it. Uh, and then I I currently own, as of last Christmas, because it's so fucking expensive to get a brand new working guitar in the game. I got Rock Band 4. Yeah, and dude, I've I got it day one. Recently. Yeah, I think I mentioned it like a couple <laughs> days ago, uh, or na- a couple episodes ago rather, that I was playing some Rock Band 4 maybe. When I went that week, I was sick. And uh, yeah, that game is so great. And the, the new guitars, I don't really like them as much as the Guitar Hero 2 and 3 guitars. Oh, no, they're not as or good. Or even maybe the Rock Band 2, but they're still passable. Like, they're good. They're not like, I wouldn't say, Ugh, they're bad. It's like, you use them more, and then you get accustomed to them. The, when you strum the guitar, it doesn't click. You know, like, it's not a, a on-off kind of di- dichotomy like yeah. they are in the Rock Band. I think the old Rock Band, maybe, but definitely the Guitar Hero guitars. So it's just you do it, and there's not really feedback. You just have to do it. Uh, and the buttons, instead of just being buttons on the guitar itself, the whole like I don't know what you'd call it because I'm not very intimate, really familiar with the music, uh, words. But the the part of the guitar that is like has the strings and the wood, you know, like the yeah the neck stem almost of that part. It's like the whole segment of it on that area where like the green button is is the green button. It's not just a button that's there. It's like the whole thing. So it's actually easier to press but it's a little harder to tell specifically where you are on the guitar. Uh, but it's still good. So I like the Rock Band 4 guitar, but not as good as Guitar Hero 2 or 3. Yep, I'd say we covered them. So that's a, that's actually, we kind of listed out a lot of peripherals and yeah, kind of dove into a discussion about peripherals generally. But those are the ones Jaron and I seem to like more, have familiarity with than use. I don't really use the PlayStation peripherals. I don't really care never got yeah, into Move. Really yeah move or i didn't connect as a peripheral that i hate too i didn't really
0: use that that being said for playstation move i do have the number one score in the world on the tennis game in that uh in that playstation move game
1: yeah, i thought that was an earthquake but that was your fucking dick
0: hitting the ground dude. it's so big <laughs> <laughs> so good thing to know my friend play i uh, used to come over and we'd play that and he was the number one ranked on uh tennis player in ontario jesus that's I an mean, ass that's still that's still a huge population <laughs> <laughs> it's millions of people so yeah so he he got the record for me pretty pretty dope uh
1: interesting set of peripherals there but yeah that was a pretty good discussion i think any I, more peripherals you can think of
0: uh shout out to the handle on the gamecube that thing was fucking dumb i didn't i didn't use that I don't know the handle oh, that was oh, just on the game I Cube. see you
1: just mean that you took I thought you meant there was some sort of Handle no. like controller you just mean the fucking handle to carry the GameCube. Like, yeah, I used that Nintendo Yeah, I really sure uh-huh. Thanks. I really did no I didn't I just put it in a backpack <laughs> like everything else I wasn't carrying it out on its naked self. I put it in a backpack.
0: You still need all the cords You can't just take it. Oh no, the can't. most pointless <laughs> thing ever fucking morons. and that is the end of the X Factor discussion We are now moving on to Game Pass or Gameplay and in Game Pass or Gameplay, just give you a brief kind of overview of it. Last week's game that we got was Day Z and essentially what happens is every month in the first episode of the month, we review the previous game from last month, but we also spin a wheel to determine what Game Pass game we will play for that month. And whatever game we land on, In Game Pass, it's basically all the games from Game Pass minus ones we've played and minus... Repeat sports games. Yeah, repeat sports games. There you go. Yeah, so we pick a game, it gets given to us, and then we play it. And we give you a a quick review on it at the end of the month. And we don't give you a real review like IGN should give you, but they don't. We... Often probably won't play the whole game, but we're giving you the Game Pass review. Where if you play five five hours of it and you go, "This sucks," why would you keep playing it on Game Pass?
1: No, yeah, and and if Jared and I got paid actual money to review games, trust me, I'd fucking beat it. But we don't, and this is more to give you an impression of like, should I play it on Game Pass? Because there's no barrier to entry. Yeah, you just jump in, and and we're the guys who're gonna tell you, like, oh, Jared and I played it for, we either beat it or we played it for like four or five hours, enough to know, and we're like, nah, you should Game Pass on it. Or we love it. You should gameplay it.
0: Yep. So come back for our thoughts on DayZ, the first week of June.
1: Yeah, I haven't installed it yet. Neither have I. Um, and um, But I'm excited. You sent me a video. I think it was at a TikTok or something. Of some <laughs> it, dude was just, fighting it was a these video bears. on Reddit. Uh, okay. It was some dude who shot at a bear and then like fucking 19 bears <laughs> started running at him in a house. <laughs> they just and he came went out in, of a house. He, he hit upstairs in the bathroom like fucking Jason was coming after his bitch ass and the bears ran into the bathroom and <laughs> mauled him. It was fucking horrifying.
0: So yeah, we're excited to hop on that one. I assume that's going to be a total clusterfuck, but I'm ready for it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. And now, everyone's favorite section, we're moving on to the faff. And in the faff, we give you the news that you should not waste your time reading about. And don't faff about and go and look for this dumb news. Come to us. And let us tell you it in a fun and entertaining way. And if you care about this news, uh, that's too bad. It's still in the faff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all a bunch of faff.
1: And if you care, you're dumb. And if we <laughs> care, we're dumb, which sometimes happens. Probably
0: more than it should. Yeah, probably quite a bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there you go. All right, Caleb, start us off. Uh, Jaren writes this in the doc. I don't know what the fucking story is, but he wrote out micro faff.
0: A return from last week. Oh yeah, this is a returning segment,
1: good point. Metro
0: Exodus Enhanced Edition arrives on Xbox Series X this June, and this is exciting because it's a free upgrade for existing owners and that's how all Enhanced Edition should be. This adds ray tracing to the game, so aren't you glad you played it already, Caleb?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I would be more excited (laughs) for this if I hadn't already beat it, but I'm still glad. I'm glad that I played it though, because now I don't have to play it. I can play something else, but I am gonna miss the nice ray tracing. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say about Metro Exodus, uh, if you play, if you haven't played the DLC, uh, go jump into the Sam's Story DLC. Go buy it. I don't know what the price is. Go play it. It's better than the main game. I promise.
0: This is I like your new uh, your new backwards compatibility thing. Like back in the day, before backwards compatibility was a big thing, you would always go back to the 360 and play a game, and then they would add it to backwards compatibility immediately. It <laughs> happens so many times. Now so every many time. time you play a game, they add an enhanced edition to it afterwards. <laughs>
1: Yeah it's actually a good thing though because it's uh <laughs> you know they they're going back and adding these games and yeah now it's going to be for the these Xbox 1 titles but fortunately there's some that they're upgrading before I play them, like Remnant, you know? Like, I haven't gone back to finish the DLC yet, play all that DLC, but they're like, yo, next-gen upgrade,
0: and I'm like, sweet, sweet. All right, the next one in micro The Witcher 3 may reportedly be using fan-made mods for its Xbox Series X version. Sure. Yeah, doesn't that sound weird? <laughs> yes, it sounds very weird. <laughs> you can go look more up of this if you care, but it's just wild. I just like the headline. That's what faff is. It's all about the headlines. Yeah, it's all a bunch of dumb stuff. When they said that, I'm like, I, I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> The next one, this Darth Vader Xbox controller will lure your wallet to the dark side. So you can get this sweet Star Wars Darth Vader Xbox controller from Razer. Is it? It's an official controller or is not? Is it from Razer? Like, what is it? It's from Razer, but it looks like an actual Xbox controller. Like they just okay. added art detailing to it. Weird. It's $179. Uh, you can get an Elite Series 2 for that. Yeah, but you can get a Star Wars controller. Fuck that, dude. Elite <laughs> Series 2. <laughs> All right Caleb, now we're done with the microfaff. Next one is Baseball's and Broken Fingers. EA buys Super Mega Baseball developer Metalhead Software. Remember that cartoony baseball game on the Xbox? Well, EA yes. now owns that studio. So watch out MLB The Show. <laughs> Here comes your competitor. <laughs> EA yeah, is breaking, dude. They're they're buying the F1 people. They're buying
1: all these racing people, the Project Cars people, I think. They're buying the fucking uh, uh baseball, super mega baseball people—they're breaking in. They got golf going on. Like they're really sports heavy, dude. Yeah, dude, watch out. They just want you to load up every game and be like EA Sports. That's I like in how the game do in they this story, that? yeah, they still that's do. Still in-
0: okay. <laughs> uh, in this story, there's an ad for MLB The Show. That's funny. That's that's great. Now for the broken fingers, MLB pitcher who broke finger while playing video games explains what happened. No, he doesn't. No, he look, doesn't actually explain. I can
1: explain. I can explain.
0: <laughs> so all he said was, "I'm a 23 year old kid. I make Uh-oh. mistakes. Uh-oh. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that we are people <laughs> as well, and we make mistakes. The same so, mistakes that fans make. I'm gonna interject. I'm gonna. I'm gonna interject. I've never broken my finger playing what video games. Mean?
1: I've played ten. <laughs> thousand times the number
0: of hours of games he's played i swear i have and what (laughs) how did he break his finger he he never actually says he's the pitcher shared the details in a zoom call where he also demonstrated how his hand contacted the top of the table that led to the hairline fracture he also claims that this wasn't a rage related incident but it seems like he slammed his hand on a table and then, <laughs> credit to him, he did go out and pitch the game.
1: Jesus, that's got to be painful. Oh, he sucked. Holy he shit. was
0: terrible. He gave up a bunch of runs and they took him out. He definitely shouldn't have played it. They x-rayed it after and found out that he broke it.
1: Yeah, that's a terrible idea when you get paid money <laughs> and you fucking break your hand and start pitching. But uh, good for you breaking your goddamn finger playing games, dude. Way to, way to find out how to do something that
0: I can't do in games. All right, Caleb, hit us with the next one. Castles and high schools, which is scarier. Now, this is a throwback Uh, to when we we talked about Resident Evil. Resident Evil producer says Village was balanced based on feedback that RE7 was too scary.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't know this was in the FAF, but that makes sense.
0: Yep. So, there you go. The game that is supposed to be a horror game, like we said earlier, was too scary. But my question is, Mm -hmm. an exaggeration like that, where they're like, oh, the game was too scary. We also, Sega has announced Lost Judgment, the sequel to 2018's Yakuza spinoff, and they say- that this game is a game unlike anything you've ever seen and apparently you go undercover at a high school so the idea of that scared me more that sounds like that's no, not
1: you don't want to go undercover at a high school that's no <laughs> that lost judgment yeah it's a yakuza game so good for you fucking judgment people and that game's coming out soon right
0: yeah they announced it and it comes out in september
1: yeah dude that's uh exciting all you yakuza people just get all the good news in the world i swear i, I yeah.
0: really want to jump on board and play it on like my old yeah. account just just to see
1: Go for it, man. Maybe we'll get lucky and spin it and it'll come to Game Pass and we'll get it someday. I don't know. But this, uh, I just want to say, I, you know, how I mentioned that thing that was in the FAF about Resident Evil. Yep. It should be like a game every week. Like I shouldn't try to, <laughs> but just things that naturally come up in conversation that, that, that I kind of call, but then happen to be in the FAF later. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I seem to do it like one, every week. There's like one thing I talk about where it's like oh yeah it's in the bath
0: <laughs> yeah but uh, but i like I that know, we've determined like that. that the game where you're undercover at a high school is scarier than resident evil 8 especially oh, yeah. when 100%. it's described as a legal suspense action game like i don't want to hear anything to do with legality when i'm undercover at a high school yeah. <laughs> no it's the last <laughs> thing you want to hear to be frank all right caleb
1: hit me with the next one the duty department bigger oh no it's, it's a the duty department colon bigger colon newer Colon, now with John, question <laughs> mark.
0: Activision wants all its biggest franchises to be like Call of Duty. I feel like that's everyone in the fucking game industry. Like, how's that news?
1: Yeah, and I thought, I think they made, um, I don't know if it's in the, if this is already going to, you're something you're going to say in the FAF, but I think they s- announced that they made their, like, they had their best, like, quarter ever for Call of Duty. Yeah, or some shit.
0: They yeah. also, they also plan to hire over 2,000 more developers in the next year, apparently. <laughs>
1: Okay, wait, wait, they so they put the Toys for Bob people on Warzone and now they're hiring two thousand more people?
0: Yep, that's the next thing too. Activision <laughs> says Toys for Bob will continue to support Crash 4 and it denies layoffs. But while it's denying layoffs, this led to one former contract character designer claiming that they had left the studio along with everyone they had worked alongside at Toys for Bob. So they didn't lay off anyone. They just didn't bring Jesus. back any of their contractors.
1: Okay, and so fucking Toys for Bob working on another Crash game, I would put those hopes to bed. But then they also,
0: Activision also states that Crash is one of their biggest franchises, so does that mean that they're going to be a recipient of this? some of these two thousand people because that's one of their biggest franchises, they'd like to be like Call of Duty. Who knows? Cause Activision is all over the map with what they say.
1: Yeah, all we know is that Activision loves making money and as soon as the fucking as as sure as the sun's gonna rise tomorrow, you're gonna get another Call of Duty every year till the end of time.
0: Good segue, Caleb. New Call of Duty from Sledgehammer is built for next gen, Activision says. I'm a- fucking natural i don't even know what he's gonna say <laughs> this game is looking great and it's on track for its fall release didn't you guys fucking say this game was a clusterfuck like yeah, last year it? how's it looking great now
1: yeah didn't you guys like delay it because it was so bad
0: <laughs> they switched it with treyarch i was gonna say didn't that one guy say that it, it's he, gonna be yeah, he said still it was a clusterfuck yeah that was just yeah. the insider's quote and last God. call of duty news activision seemingly teases john rambo for call of duty like what do you mean like john rambo is gonna be in call of duty warzone apparently Okay, in Warzone as a character, I
1: guess. I guess they wouldn't talk about the campaign because why would they? How that's about, like, they that's why I Duty put song? a question
0: mark about John Rambo John? coming to <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone. Fucking now the game will run right. Get excited! You can't. Some people on PC still can't play the game, but you cannot play the game and be John Rambo. There you go. All right, Caleb, we're moving into the final stuff. Oh, the best segment. One sentence reactions. Battlefield Six trailer appears to have leaked in audio form the fuck does that mean you can hear it yeah just the audio came out i still can't hear it that's my one sentence reaction everyone said that this reveal was going to happen today and then just the audio leaked and nothing ever came of it so if you're deaf you got nothing ubisoft announces the division spinoff game heartland the silence is my sentence Outriders has begun its inventory wipe restoration event. The return of the king. Return of the Mac. Here's your guns. <laughs> Blizzard's player base has fallen 29% over the last three years. Good. <laughs> you think those 2,000 people are going to help them? No. And lastly, in traditional fashion, I'm going to have the one sentence reaction for this. Okay. Warner Brothers reportedly searching for a black director and actor to front new Superman movie.
1: That's not gaming related.
0: I want to be the director. Okay.
1: That's nothing to do with (laughs) games.
0: You're not black. You can't be a director, dear. God. The worst. And that is all for the X block. Jesus. And and we have an outro here. What is this about? Oh, I was just going to tag this onto the outro. Uh, When this podcast releases, you will have one day left to hop on to the add-on sale that is currently going on on the Xbox store.
1: Yeah. So go look at all that if you have any add-ons you want that are on sale. I think I recommend the, uh, what was it? The Far Cry 5 uh, DLC. You should buy that. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if Metro Exodus DLC is on sale, but if it is, you should buy that. Very good. And I can't think of anything else off the top of my head,
0: so check those out. All right. And that is all for the Block podcast episode 11. If you'd like to interact with us, you can go over to Twitter at XBlockPodcast. You can go over to YouTube, search The X Block Podcast, leave comments or tweets, either subscribe. place there. Yeah, make sure you subscribe on our YouTube. I feel like we've never like. actually said that. Leave a like. No,
1: we always tell people to leave a like on the video, but i never <laughs> said subscribe. You
0: should subscribe so you don't have to look it up every week. There you go. And go over to our TikTok at XBlockPodcast on TikTok where I make those are great TikToks every week and you guys can check great. them out.
1: Really well edited. Many, many likes, hundreds, sometimes of likes.
0: Great, great videos. Go check them out. And if you'd like to listen to the podcast, you can find it at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. That's about, those are the important ones. Any, anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, we're probably there. We everywhere. Is what we're going to say? Yep. And uh, I forgot Instagram. If you want to go over to at xblockpodcast on Instagram, I always post a new thing for each new episode that comes out. You can see a nice little picture and that kind of stuff. If you want to keep track and we are on Patreon
1: uh, at we're at patreon.com slash xblock We got to find something to reinvest into the podcast now because Jaren's tears are, are gone, you know, like he got a PC. So we got to figure out something else to get now. I'm sure we will. I mean, we're not we ain't out here hustling. You know, we're just saying we're trying to, trying to make the shit better. So I'm sure we'll find something to use if, if, if you want to leave us a buck, two bucks, however many bucks you want. And we will reinvest that money back into the podcast to make the product better. Maybe I'll get a, a newer mic, even though my mic's pretty good. But I imagine if I got a mic made in 2021, it might be slightly better. So there you go.
0: And that is the final thing on the X Block podcast. Take us away, Caleb. X Block out. Thanks for listening to the X Block. New episodes every Monday at 5 a.m.